0: The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Ryan Crone, a young man
1: about to join the U.S. Air Force. People always say I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. It sounds a little bit cliche, and it is. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> um, I mean, and it's the same. It's the same bonding you find here. I'm sure you found yeah. it with your brother, Priest. We'll talk to him about what change is like in life and
0: where to find that true heart of service.
1: If I'm out there doing something that I think matters, then it's worth a risk.
0: On this episode of Belonging, next.
2: This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Koch Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belongings. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you, who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times.
0: Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. We're a show that provides guidance to young adults as they journey through life and continue to grow in their faith. Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic, joins us each week, and my name is Zach Jansen. I'm a 24-year-old living in Middle Tennessee, uh, here to go through life with you. Our guest this week is Mr. Ryan Krohn, a recent graduate from Mississippi State, and about to join the Air Force, so just a Middle Tennessee local guy here. So Ryan, thank you for being here on the radio. Yeah,
1: hey, thank you guys for having me. Where did you
0: grow up here in Middle Tennessee? Was it Mount Juliet? Or where
1: yeah, I'm not like Mount Juliet, old Hickory area, right yeah. like five minutes down the road from St. Stephen's. So, mm-hmm. been there, born and raised 22 years.
0: What a beautiful church, first of all, with the layout and the beautiful chapel in the back. Uh, but we were recommended by, I guess, was it your life team uh, leader? Was it An- Angie yeah, Bozio? Yeah, Angie
1: Bozio. She's our uh, youth minister there. She's been doing that job for longer than I've been involved in Life Team, which was probably over
3: eight or nine years. But. Sometimes I think that Angie was there when Jesus was in his you know youth group or something.
1: She <laughs> is a fixture. Of, I'm pretty she sure will. she runs that church <laughs> yes, and everyone is else not is there
3: to help. To this, otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna. Get, I will get in trouble. Love you, Angie. Father <laughs> G, you're going to get me just roasted when I get back.
0: <laughs> well, what was your life like growing up there? So does that mean you were really involved with with the, the ministry and the youth at St. Stephen's? Or what, oh. what was the, what was your faith like growing up? Is what I'm so
1: asking. growing up... Um, I've been cradle Catholic raised. Uh, my parents were really into the Catholic school education, um, which meant that you know we had mass three days a week, going to school and all that. Which as a kid, I hated. It, it was boring. boring. I went and sat. Really? Down. Oh yeah, oh, not yeah. not a fan. It was the thing mom made me get up and go to. And also, you know, in that age when you're like middle school, like seventh, eighth grade, you're kind of too cool for everything, I think, in a lot of ways. And I sure knew that I was too, right? Um, Mm.
0: So even then it felt boring for you.
1: Yeah, it was never something that really got me involved. So the kind of the turnaround there happened um, summer after my eighth grade year. uh, We do a camp at St. Stephen's. Life team goes to a camp called Covecrest every summer down in Georgia. And one of our friends had to drop out because she had something come up. And I think the spot, I don't know if it was non-refundable or if it was just they already had the slot. And they said, Ryan, do you want to go to this uh, church camp with Life Teen? And I was like, <laughs> no, fine, absolutely not. And my, mom's, uh, my mom said, you should go. I fought her, but she's my mom. So that next week I was packed in on the bus. Wow. And I ended up having really the time of my life. It was awesome. Um, Loved the people. I mean, it was an enjoyable camp all around, but just the people in that church, a lot of the guys, the friends I made there what really got me involved. So it sounds like like that
0: trip was pretty life-changing for you. And uh, what was a moment for you specifically on this trip that that sort of made it all click, that changed it for you, would you say?
1: I'll be fully honest with you guys. It wasn't like a big religious experience. I think there was a lot of that as far as just like the acceptance of the people. But I think I'm not really someone who always feels like a super deep, like spiritual connection. That's not how I've usually experienced my faith. I experience it more often through the people around me. um, And the things that they're willing to do to help other people just through that sense of community. But I had a lot of friends on, I I made a lot of friends on that trip. I had a lot of fun, but also seeing some of the people that talked, um, just some of the messages that our singers were there giving to us. Mm -hmm. It was just a really cool experience to see the kind of joy they had. And I figured that had to come from somewhere. Um, but full disclosure, I kept on showing up to Life Team because I also had a crush on a girl who was on that trip with us. So, I mean, that's hey, a nothing wrong with that.
3: If you it know, gets you God, there, it gets you there. You know, you know, God utilize all that stuff. Absolutely. Mm.
0: And we laughed about it now, but half of it is just showing up. We talked, we've talked in the past about being there even when you don't want to be there. Absolutely. Uh, just to go – even when you don't want to. Were you a teenager at the time, I'm guessing?
1: Like, I was, yes. I think I really didn't start to kind of come into my own and do it, even though I was maybe a junior or senior in high school, was when it really clicked that it was a thing I enjoyed and not just something that my friends were doing. Mm.
0: Father, you lived it over at, at Father Ryan. What, what did you see in the students there? Did you see a, a lot of kids really taking it intentionally for?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, years? I think that, and I think the biggest thing is like, you know, as church, is to propose. You know, we can't impose. You know, a lot of times the parents that's the that's the role of the parents. You know, you're gonna do otherwise, you know, you ground it all this and that. But I think in the high school, you know, we had the seven, ten mass at Father Ryan and you know, we had about fifty kids going to that mass, you know. So not because they need to, you know, like we had the always school masses and all that stuff that but I think that when you, you know, invite people to participate in stuff and they they, they will go, you know, to the Especially like after search and all that kind of stuff, it was a really popular mass because you know everybody was there, was there on Monday with their search cross and, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. But it's like it's there, you know. You have to, you give the tools for the for the kids, you know. You give the tools, but you can't make the person do it.
1: And someday we have to reach out and actually do something with it. We can't just you can put it there on a silver platter. And we can still walk away.
3: Yeah, and I feel like for example Monday to Thursday we have adoration at the cathedral from four thirty to five thirty, and then. Yesterday I was thinking about this, you know, I was there, there was nobody on the confessional line and everything, and I was just like, if only people know who's here waiting for them, that would change the whole thing, you know? And I, I think Ryan, you remember that, the whole break at Father Ryan, everybody would run to get the chicken biscuits and all that stuff, <laughs> you know? And I was like, if- it all is Yeah, yeah, and I but if, you, if we know who's in the chapel waiting for us, if you understand that it's Jesus himself there, the blessed sacrament waiting for you. People should be running to the chapel, you know, people should be running to the church. And it, it, yeah, I feel it, it was kind of like one of those deep moments yesterday. It was like, Jesus, if people knew who who was here waiting for them, you know, because, you know, adoration is there. But I mean, I have to, like you were saying, you know, we have to go. Mm.
0: So it's it's kind of you really put it in perspective there when you say like a snack break or going to the chapel like obviously which one is more important? Yeah, Ryan, for you, you talked a lot about you just kind of briefly mentioned your your retreats there and was it through the search program? How, how did that impact your life as as a teenager?
1: Yeah, so I think um, my first experience was probably with uh, with CYO outside of Saint Stephen's and getting into Father Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one year at St. Stephen's that we couldn't go to Covecrest; just slots filled up and stuff. So I decided to do something called Catholic Artwork Camp. Yeah, and yeah. that was one of my cool, like one of my cool first experiences. When Father Ryan started offering that, I was like, "Hey, instead of uh, like, I I love the idea that we all get to go and pray and be on retreat and have a good time." But, like I said, I kind of the what I see out in the world, the people I'm around are kind of my influencer. So being able to go out and work for some others and the the impacts we at least got to have and bonding with the people out there that's what I loved, and I got to kind of move from that and do the same thing in search. Um, by the end of my junior year, I got to be a search leader, and then that meant that early on in my se- or maybe it was early senior year, but that also my senior year I got to be a co-director for search, and it was super cool. As in a lot of ways, I got to pick my team just because it was so early in the year and. It was kind of a special experience getting to have, like, get, grab five of your bros, mm. hang out, talk about Jesus, talk about life, and just be out at camp for a week, and that kind of experience was just something I I didn't know I was missing, and then you do it, and you're like, this is just bonding on, like, a level you don't really get outside mm-hmm. of this program.
0: It's pretty amazing how the opportunities present themselves, uh, um, especially at Search, and you talked about, uh, too, earlier when I, when I was talking to you, just about finding what you want to do and you mentioned as all high schoolers feel i had no idea not a clue i
1: (laughs) I was lost
0: it's great you found the spiritual side but where did you feel as far as as a high schooler and going into college what i want to do and where i want to be if we could talk about your your desire to go on the service
1: yeah so i was on vacation with my family one night my dad's a pilot so Top Gun was like a cult classic of my family <laughs> and we're watching it one day and outside of my desire to play volleyball like Maverick and Goose, cause who wouldn't want to? Um, but I was like, you know, being a fighter pilot would be a cool job, but almost joking. Like that's not a real job that humans get to do. It's like when you're a little kid and you say, I want to be a race car driver, like same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I started looking into it and I was like, this actually sounds really cool. Like I learned more about the service and like it in a lot of ways, it's just a normal job, but also it's that, that level of teamwork and brotherhood that even in just like in my time in training through college, I've seen on a on an awesome level. But yeah, I found out that, hey, you can you can get this career waiting for you. You can do a lot of cool stuff. You can work with an awesome group of guys. And at the same time, you want to fly airplanes? Sweet. Sounds like wow. a good gig. And then they, um, I was lucky enough to have a scholarship program that... Were you Let know, me go through college. ROTC? ROTC, yep, okay. I did in uh, Mississippi State. And, yeah, it took care of college for me. So that took a big burden off of myself and my family as well.
0: That's good. What yeah. did you see Father, uh, uh, at Father Ryan as far as uh, teenagers wondering maybe either exactly what they want to do or maybe, like, the rest of us who have no idea what we want to do? And did you see yourself giving them guidance or just, like, Yeah, I actions? feel that, you know,
3: Father Ryan is a tradition of faith, knowledge, and service. You know, that's kind of the... The three things that we want the kids when they go through Father Ryan is to know. And I mean, through any Catholic school, and you know, it's like faith, knowledge, and service. You know, that's, I mean, if you take those three things, it's a really, pretty good thing, you know. Faith, because that's who we are as Catholics. In knowledge, mm-hmm. it's a high school. After all, you have to you might as well learn something <laughs> about it, yeah. And then service, you know, because it's not all about me. It's about the others, you know, and the big other that is God. So if we understand this, you know, and I know that, you know, a lot of, you know, high school groups or, you know, they always say, oh, you have to do X amount of volunteer work hours. And I think that it's important for us to kind of, almost like force them to it because, you know, nobody likes to go to the gym, you know, but you need to go to the gym, you know, you need to do exercise. So if you're gonna say like, oh, you know, like, it's not only about things that I like to do, you know, Mm Most of the things that I do, <laughs> it was up to me, like, eh, no, I don't do this, you know. But help other people to grow in their faith, you know, the service and understand that, yeah, when we serve, we, you know, we fulfill ourselves because we do what God asks us to do. Hmm.
0: It sounds like that idea of service, Brian, came to you as a high schooler through uh, the retreats you were leading, helping younger students, and also on, on your mission trips too. Just like you said, with ten people on a toolbox, what you can do. But you also mentioned that important uh, part of, of community, I guess brotherhood, like you were saying, is that what attracted you to the Air Force in a way? It was the fact that you're going to be, be be a part of something bigger than yourself?
1: It is a lot, and I know it. We people always say, "I want to be a part of something bigger than myself." It sounds a little bit cliche, and it is. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> um, I mean, and it's the same. It's the same bonding you find here. I'm sure you found yeah. it with your brother priests doing what you guys do. Because all you do is eat, sleep, and breathe service and brotherhood at all times. <laughs> like, would you say it's that
0: way for you too, though? Just like as far as you, you, you're with you're not you're not flying solo. You're with other people doing
3: that. Is true. Thing. Yeah. I mean, we can't do anything by ourselves. I think that's the, the first thing that we have to understand that we need other people to help us. And I think that you know what Ryan was saying. You know that group of I have the good you know priest friend of mine that I can count on. Then and I can call. Then I said, Hey, I need somebody to just listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, I am that. Ear for other people as well, you know. Uh, you know, we have a hard day today, and you know, there's no wife in the house, you know. So it's mm. just like we have each other. We have those, those. Um, we have each other. That you know, they and they would understand. You know, mm. it's not that I can cooperation and say, hey, you know, but I have my brother priests that can help me because they, they've they been there they understand that mm. and then be be that they are that priest to other people as well so
0: that's one of my favorite things that you told me about life is that when you're going through something tough you just want someone just to be there to listen you don't have to do anything at all and uh Ryan looking at your life and seeing your, your enthusiasm about the Air Force was there anything that your that your family thought otherwise were they encouraging you on this journey or what, what were their thoughts
1: that's uh I mean so there's You know, different mentalities of the Air Force, especially about the military in general, especially people who haven't been a part of it. So for a lot of guys, they join and it's just a job you got to do. It's a way to pay off college. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people who mostly experience the military through Hollywood, they're like, oh, that's dangerous. What are you going to do? I think my mom was one of those ones who was a little nervous about it. She's like. But what if you have to go to war? I'm like, well, I mean, that's technically what we're signing up for here, bro. But um, mm.
0: is that something that, and, that scared you? Was the thought of t- deploying?
1: Um, it never really scared me. I think I, I'm trying to think of a way to say this it doesn't just sound super over the top. But mm-hmm. it, I think there's a lot of worse things that can happen to you than dying or getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But, granted, I've never been in that kind of situation. Um, but I'm not really worried about the physical harm for. Couple of reasons. One, I, if I'm out there doing something that I think matters, then it's worth a risk. But also, at least here in the United States, we're so good at what we do in a lot of ways that you're you're safer over there than than you might be driving in Nashville traffic at rush hour. So,
0: and is the, does the idea of sacrifice uh, come into your mind at all? Like, if I be here, I know I might be either leaving a lot of family or, or another option in my life. But uh, do you do you feel like you're giving up? Or, or detaching yourself in any way from where you grew up? or
1: You know, I didn't something until something recently. Um, yeah. I've known for several months now what my – or for the past couple of months what my assignment date was going to be and where I was going to go to training and all that. And I was mostly just stoked about it. I love where I was going to go, and I was excited for the job. And then over the past, I think, two weeks, I've kind of had this weird experience where every time I talk to somebody, I'm like – well, uh, maybe I'll see that person again eventually. Wow. I don't, so that's, I think that's slightly starting to become real for me now. Um, granted, it's not like I'm working all the time, but when, even when you just move to a different part of the country, a lot of those friendships you have, you either have to maintain them online or over the phone, or you got to find time to go visit somehow. So that's starting to kind of sink in.
0: When you have time, it sounds like this it, it is with your mind, uh, the, the thoughts playing in your head. Uh, well, what has sacrifice played in your life, Father, as far as uh, I know I hear of like priest assignments being moved around, but saying that I'm not in control sometimes and that.
3: Oh, we're never I, in control. I, I, I think we're not going to have that. You know, it's yep. it's always going to somebody tell you what to do, you know, and sometimes you're going to like the assignment, sometimes it's going to suck. And, you know, the bishop may going to say, let you, you know, suck it up because that's what I need you, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. it like, okay. and then, But I think it's funny because as human beings, we don't like change. That's true. You know, I remember when I first got to University Catholic, you know, uh, the altar service, we were like, you know, Father Fire used to put the book on the left side, and now with <laughs> a stand. Isn't <laughs> that great? <crazy>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then little I said, I, I like the book in front of me if no stand. So the altar service like, what are well, we going to do? And I said, we're going to do exactly what I told you. We're going to take <laughs> the stand out of the altar, and we're going to put the book right in front of me. But but, but, but we, 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 use yes, but Father Five no longer is here. And wow. it's not a big deal. Change is okay. You know, change is good, you know. And I think there is a, there is a, there is a wisdom, you know, after six, seven years you're in a parish, like people just kind of, you know, if it is a good pastor, people are like, yeah, we love you, we don't want you to live, but if it is, you know, some challenge passions like, "Thank God he's gone," you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But it's kind of, you know, it's 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 good for us to change. It's good for us, you know. You know, there's so many homilies that we can come up with, you know. After a couple of months, I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of years, like, oh, we already heard that homily from Father. Can we just, you know? And then another Father comes, like, oh, that's great new homilies, you know. But I was like, well, that's the ones that he so. Change is good. We don't like that. But, you know, change is good. We are, you know, yeah, new people, new adventures, new, you know, challenges. And it's good. But we normally don't like that.
0: I think that always blew me me away as a young man Uh, at Belmont. We had a lot of music business people come in that were either graduates or just in our field. And they would talk about their past employment. And they would always, without fail, say, I was here for two years. I was here for three years. I was here for two and a half. i always i always pictured someone having a job for 20. (laughs) that that
3: That doesn't happen anymore you know like i I think it's like the average they don't don't quote me on that one but i think the average of a 30 40 years old person is like go through six or seven jobs Mm. You know, there's not that you know, like, oh yeah, I started this. Uh, you know, I end up as the president of this company, and I came here as the you know, whatever, <laughs> janitor, <laughs> yeah, the janitor, and I we my I you know, my way up. I, I worked work up. up and my my but president, that doesn't work anymore. You know, like, look, high schools. You know, teachers. I mean, a lot of teachers that have been in high school for like 30, 40 years mm-hmm. now. It's like. The average of teachers is for four or five years because they change, they want to do this doctor, they wanna do this you know, and then you move on and you just kind of, you know, almost does you don't have like any kind of attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, that opportunity is right there, I'm you know, I'm I'm going right there.
0: Wow. Do you feel like you could be in those shoes, Ryan, that maybe like four or five years from now things could totally change and maybe you'd be in a different part of the country or the world and just take it a day at a time. It's
1: definitely those. possible. I think, um, so I'm kind of on an interesting track. Most of the guys that come out of my program go on to the active duty military. And the standard there is that every three years as an officer, you move to a new location. Wow. Um, and I actually spent a lot of time struggling with that. Um, just kind of thinking about, like I was excited for the adventure, looking forward to it, ready to do what I had to do. But along with my my career goals, I mean, I'd love to raise a family someday. And I think I benefited really well from the fact that my my dad made some sacrifices he had to commute long distance for work as a pilot to is, he, up to, is he a commercial pilot? he was a commercial pilot yeah he just retired up uh, like two weeks ago oh, but okay. yeah COVID kind of helped that process yeah. out but um he should have moved us up to charlotte or philadelphia or somewhere a long time ago to make his life a lot easier but we had roots here and we liked where we were and he didn't want to move us around and i think i got a lot of benefit from that having this community or else i would have probably been a lot less involved had I not gotten to stay in the same place. And I've kind of struggled for a while with what am I going to do with that for my family when it's time for me to consider that. And I thought about it, prayed about it, um, worried about it. And at the same time, whatever was going to happen happened. And then a few months before graduation, my commander emailed me and she said, Hey, Crone, check out this uh, opportunity for the reserves. Uh, might be, might be a good option for you if you want to join. And I was like, well, ma'am, I'm not going to burn a bridge. So I'll read the email, but it's not really what I'm looking for. Cause, my understanding of that side of the Air Force was you do your weekend a month, your one week a year or something like that. And Mm -hmm. otherwise you need to find another job because you're not a full-time pilot. And looking into it more, I found out there's opportunities for you to have full-time gigs within your unit. Basically what it worked out to was there's a little bit less of the good side of the finances involved, but a lot more stability where as long as you kind of have a backup plan if full-time positions aren't open, which I have a college degree and I'll be a military pilot, I can find work, I'm not going to starve. But I get to move down to Florida, call that place my home, be a part of that community, plant my roots, and it was just like a, the perfect answer dropped in my lap right there. Um, and I've got a ten-year contract with the Air Force Reserve, so I'm not jumping out of that uh, not jumping out of that job anytime too soon. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah, was it, just a solution right it, there.
3: Yeah, and the other thing is, like, if you look Ryan four years ago, would you see that you would be here today? No. You know, so it's no. just kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah. six years ago I was studying sushi in Brazil, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so it's like, yeah. And I think, I don't know who said that, somebody really, somebody smart that said, it, you know, we're afraid of not what really is, but what we're afraid to be. You know, so like we're not afraid of the challenge, but what we think that the challenge is going to be. And then most of the time that doesn't really happen, you know, it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Or, you know, it's like, like you okay. said, I'm going to read this email and be open to it, oh, this actually, is actually perfect yes, this is the thing i yes. wanted
1: this is the direction i get to go now and it's and not think, something you have to but it's something you get to
3: and i think that's the thing that you we are too it's it's a lot about connections you know that person because she knew you your commander knew you so it's like how about you because i think that this is going to be good for you mm-hmm. somebody today there was this job opportunity in a university that I just sent an email a you know, text message to this person is like are you trying to get out of me? I said no, but I think it'll be good for you. So, Jack, <laughs> take a look on this, and if it is something that's gonna be, you know, good for you, said, okay. So, Jack, you know, be open to that kind of.
0: That's pretty powerful. How we, how we worry about something uh, before it happens, like before, before everything happens, and when, when it does happen, so it's almost like we worry about it twice. But the things that you talked about, like and ha- having a family, those doubts c- come in your head. Like, what am I gonna do? It's it's funny. I was kind of looking on the Air Force website just to kind of get some background. I thought, what does someone really do when they're when they're joining the Air Force? And one of the first videos, I don't know if you saw this, but one of the first questions they had is, <laughs> are you allowed to date when you're in the Air Force?
3: <laughs> are you really serious? <laughs> really? Because that's, peop- that's what people's yeah, people, concerns are. They,
1: they assume that you're like locked up in a room forever and you go to work. That's go a
3: monastery. <laughs> <laughs> or a seminary.
1: You know, it's funny. Back in high school, people were like, what do you think of the said No, I'm not mad enough for that. I want to have some freedom. <laughs> so yeah, I joined the like, oh. military instead.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, of course, as a minute long, they all said, Well, of course you are. Have them, you know, met their wife and they're with their families and
1: yeah. they found their home. It's, Absolutely. It's That's nice. uh, my, my girlfriend's mom even asked me, he, like last month, she said, So, what's your living situation going to be like while well, you're in training? And because she, she's picturing, like, when you watch Full Metal Jacket and you're <laughs> locked in the barracks with everybody else. And I'm like, No, ma'am, I've got my own kitchen, my own shower. I do have to walk down the hall for laundry. Um, I'll get over it. But wow. no, I mean, you. You work your job during the day, you got your training assignments that go after hours, but other than that, like your weekends and your free time is your time. You're a person. You still get to be a human. So mm, that
3: is good. Wow. More information, what is the website so people can check more about yeah, that? Google Google Air
1: Force ROTC if you want to go the <laughs> way I went.
0: I know it's pretty life changing. Well, as are you leaving next to Issy? It's mid January for everybody listening.
1: Yeah, Where I take off in same? four days. Really? Oh, okay, yep. good.
0: And you're just ready to go. No,
1: I got to pack. Yeah. I got to start running more. <laughs> but, but often. No, 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 <laughs> no second guessing
0: is what I'm. Saying.
1: No, absolutely all... not. I am so stoked to get where I'm going. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, leaving leaving a lot of things behind is tough, but I'm also it's not goodbye forever. I've got mm. I've got a lot of people who are going to be in touch with me still, no matter what. Um, but now I'm super excited. This is my dream job. I'm getting to do. Uh, people always make that joke about like when you make plans and God laughs at you. Yep. I had no plan, and then God handed me one, and somehow eight years later, he just kept. on. I'm saying, here's a little tweak to make it a little better. It's going to fit your path perfectly, and I'm stoked.
0: Wow. Well, as you begin this, like this new journey in your life, what, what gives you hope every day that it's, that it's all going to be okay wherever you're at in the, in the service and in the Air Force? What's kind of giving you hope to, to make each day count?
1: I've never been somewhere I didn't like yet. Um, I went to school in Starkville, Mississippi, which if anyone's familiar with the place, it's a college town in the middle of nowhere. Essentially, we're surrounded by more cotton than we are buildings. (laughs) Um, And we have one movie theater. It's pretty small. uh, And it was the most fun I've ever had. I've had most of my best friends. I've I've got a few guys from high school I hang out with. I've got a few guys from college that I just find a family wherever I go. And that's what. Always tells me no matter where I end up, I've got a community because I keep on finding one. I went to Holy Rosary, had a community, went to Father Ryan, had a community, found one at Mississippi State. Angie Bozio called me my first year of college after a (laughs) long list of men said no to chaperoning a retreat. And she somehow got down to the bottom of the barrel where I was swimming
3: around. (laughs) And who would have thought? I I don't know if it is easy to say no to angie it's really hard you pretty much have
1: to have a job and no paid vacation left and yeah. even then you and then find you find a find way you yes. find a way so oh, that's the problem i'll take care of I'll that ta- i'll fix it real exactly so like you said who would have thought four years ago i'd be sitting here to- who would have thought last week i'd be sitting in this room right now having this conversation you know
0: wow yeah
3: <laughs> yeah it was funny because we we we, we were Kind of trying to find people, you know, to, and then as Ryan I said, I know this guy. Yeah, good kid. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> she said,
1: Hey, I gave your number to uh, to uh, Zach Jensen, brother and, yes. and I said, Oh, oh God no, father, getting into <laughs> <hands here> now.
0: <laughs> as we close off here, what, what advice would you give to a young man or woman considering to join the air force or, or the service? What, what would you tell them if they were thinking about it?
1: Um, uh, do your research, uh, talk to people who've been in it before, honestly, and get their honest opinions it's, it's, it's not for everybody, but it's also not near as scary as people like to think it might be. Um, granted I'm in the air force and the guys in the army might say, Hey man, that's cause you're in the weak branch. But, um, Whoa. my other advice would be join the air force cause it's the cool branch. <laughs> Look at, meet, meet people who know who've been through it see if you kind of have a like-mindedness and if not i mean they're just one small sample size but see if if it's if you're after service and if you're after a community and you want to work and live with a lot of like-minded people who understand you and who are really willing to go to the ends of the earth for you i've found nothing but that and it's incredible um don't be afraid to jump in
0: wow it sounds like you found that reason to to, to, not, to not be afraid and, and to find that change in our lives. Uh, we wish you the best, Ryan, as you go on this next step in your life. Thank you for being a guest on the show today.
1: Thank you, guys. It's been an
0: absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you to Father Gervon for all of his I- insight on the show and, and to everyone in our listening audience as well. Uh, remember, you can find our show wherever you get your podcasts by searching Belonging for Young Catholic Adults and uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Special thank you to Jim Chandler, who does a lot to help with our show. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for
2: listening to Belonging on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.